before I preach for many, many, many years, and I appreciate that today. You know, Brother Todd, he preached for a, a tremendous message and the song and everything so far has gone right along with what I feel on my heart to bring to you today. Brother Josh asked me the scripture, thought, and I could give it to him today. Sometime maybe I change. Very familiar passage of scripture found in St. Luke, the 15th chapter. You know, when I first started preaching, you've heard me say my first message was about seven minutes long, and it was where Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. You've heard that a great deal, you know, about that one. I don't remember my second one, but it's a great possibility it could be this one that I'm gonna give you today, and that is the prodigal son. When I first started preaching, I think my wife thought that's the only message I knew because I could see myself in that. But today, God is so impressed upon my heart to bring you a message from this, and Brother Todd and even the song and all backed it up. I'm going to read verse 17 of Luke 15 and 18. If you'd stand with me and, and pray for me right after we've read the scripture and pray that this word will find a place in the hearts of us today and God will help me. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole account of the prodigal son. I may refer back to some of it. Verse 17 said, And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger. And here's my thought today. I will arise and go to my Father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of the hired servants. Would you pray for me today? Would you point your hand this way? And you stall of you. Would you lift your voices in prayer, every one of you? Pray for me, pray for you. Dear Lord, we are thankful. Oh God. I'd like to hear you pray for me. Yes, go ahead. It's all right. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. So my t title today is The Great Decision. The Great Decision. That just really jumped at me, and I couldn't get away from this passage of Scripture then Brother Todd, what he did about David saying, he brought me out of the horrible pit. And then my wife and him saying, and there's no secret what my Lord could do. And these three witnesses today, the message I feel, Brother Todd and the song, is definitely for somebody today. This is a, a tremendous spirit of God in this house. We don't have quite as many on the stage singing. Don't, quite, don't have quite as much music and, uh, and so forth. And so some of you that thought the music was too loud, you ought to enjoy it today. <laughs> All right. Well, somebody did. But anyhow, what I'm trying to say is, we can, and I thank God for our praise singers. We've got the best. There's not but one Nath Clark, and I thank God we've got him and had him for many years. And all these others, and every one of them, there's tremendous today. And I'm not saying any of that to put down. I love everything that goes on around here. But what I'm telling you is, you don't have to have a platform full of people and a half a dozen guitars and four or five, half a dozen musical instruments. You don't have to have that to have the presence of God. And I feel the presence of God here today. The great decision, the great decision, the great decision. 
Everybody makes decisions. You made a decision. You live with choices. Everybody makes choices. Every day you make a choice. You got out of bed. You choose to get up today. You got dressed. You come to church. You made a choice. You know, there are some choices that other people make that is not good for us, but every choice we make, we have a, we, 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 we can make those choices. I, I, you, you can choose. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to get in my message. You can choose to be happy, or you can choose to be sad. You can choose to have joy, or you can choose the opposite. You can choose to live in fear, or you can live in faith. It's just our choice. We make choices every day of our lives. Everybody makes a choice. Some people lie. It's not me. No, everybody makes the choice. The prodigal son. Let me go back to the message. Try to get into what I'm saying. You know this story. He come to his father, said, Father, give me the, my, my inheritance. I, I'm, I'm old now, and I want to go out on my own and give me my, my, my inheritance. Said, I've got he divided. He gave to both of them, the elder and the one that stayed at home and the prodigal. He, he divided what you know to them but the younger the prodigal went on a journey the bible said he and i'm just going to refer to some of this without reading it uh sometimes i have a little difficulty with these glasses reading so i'm going to just try to talk to you so the the, the young one said i'm I, i'm going to what's mine i want to live my own life i want to do my own thing you know a lot of times young people feel that way todd's not here today and i'm going to talk about him uh he may be listening in. He, if he does, I want him to hear it. When he, he, was, he, he was already at home, he, he was 18, and maybe even, I don't know how old he was, but he, he was still at home. And we always had some, uh, had some house rules at our house. And uh, so, uh, you, you know, we wasn't real hard. I'm good to see Danny. I thank God I looked around for him a while ago, and him and Melanie, and I'm glad I saw him. he come up, let me know. Uh, I got five boys, as you well know. And I hope the others might be listening in. Pastor David will probably pick it up somewhere to find out what happened here today. And, and, and the, uh, Terry uh, listens in on us, and Todd does too. But anyhow, Todd, the youngest, he got to the point in his life, he said, uh, you know, Dad me and a, a friend, I won't call the friend's name, uh, you know, we're going to get an apartment. We can move out. I think what it was, he, he, he got to a point in his life, he hadn't really made up his mind to live for God at that point. And then he, he had a, a mind of his own. I, I want to do what I want to do. I mean, the rules of the house, I, I just want to get out. And the old saying, spread my wings, you know, kind of do what I want to do. It didn't take long when the summer come along and it was hot. The little window unit air conditioner they had, if they had one, went out. And uh, no, not, a, not a lot of food in the fridge. And it didn't take him very long out on his own to say, can I come back home? He found out the rules of the house wasn't that bad after all. To have a good bed to sleep in, food in the fridge, and an air-conditioned house to live in. Can I come back home? Well, sure you can, son. God didn't go to this, the extent that this boy went here today, the prodigal. But he went to the depths. He said, Daddy, give me what I've got coming. I want to go out and I, I want to live on my own. I want to do what I want to do. You know, it's born in a child, believe it or not, it's born in a child that want to do what they want to do. You know that when you correct your little ones. 
Just kind of born than a child. I've heard some people say, boy, my child would never tell me a lie. He would never do this and he would never do that. And that little child while the, while the chocolate's uh, melting and running through their fingers. Who got in the cookie jar? Not me. What's that in your hand? You know, your, your kid is born to lie. Boy, preacher, I don't like you saying that. I guarantee you there's a nature about every one of us is born not to live for God. Amen. But anyhow, go back to this. It was in this prodigal. I want to go out and do what I want to do. And he did. He took his living, everything the father gave him, and he wasted it with riotous living. He went out there and he spent it all, and uh, he just wasted it away, and he lived it up. You know, the Bible lets us know there is a possibility that sin could have some pleasure. Amen. Well, it talks about Moses, and I had him in my notes, but I'll just go ahead and refer to him, that Moses choose rather to suffer the affliction with, with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. There might be a pleasure in sin for a season when you're young, you want to do certain things. Your body is, is strong and active and, 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 you know, you just want to get out there. But Moses choose rather to suffer the affliction with God's people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Sin only has a season. It only lasted so long. So this prodigal, he got out there. He was going through seasons of life. I don't know how old he was, but he's old enough to get his inheritance. And he got out there and he spent it all. He went to the bars of his day or whatever, the pubs or whatever you want to call them, but he, he wasted it with riotous living. He just sponged it away. Man, he wasted his living. He wasted everything. I've dealt with people over the years that have told me, said, Preacher, I've lost so much. Alcohol took so much from me. Some of you would know the man I'm talking about if I went any very much further. But this man, I loved him. He'd sit on the street in front of the old post office. I'd go to the post office. Preacher, will you give me a dollar? I'm on a sandwich. And I said, you know, I can't do that. I knew what he'd do. He'd go to the little uh, store and buy even rubbing alcohol and drink. He was to that degree. I thought I'd go buy you. I went to Hardy's, get him a sandwich, bring it back to him. And then when his wife died, he said, Preacher, it cost me everything. Alcohol cost me everything. I want you to get the picture today. If there's somebody going down the path that this prodigal, and I don't know why God's laid this on my heart, there's somebody. It may be for one person. You might say, Preacher, preach to the church. David Beecham has been giving you more scripture than you've been able to absorb to the church. He, you, you ought to be fat on the word, you that are members of this church. But if there's one soul here today that don't understand and know what the glory and the power and the presence and the liberty there is in the Lord, I'm talking to you today. Maybe this is an evangelistic message. Message. The prodigal said, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do my own thing. He wasted everything away. He spent it all. And then he, uh, he went and joined himself to a citizen of the country and, uh, that had hogs, swine. And he went and feeding swine. And the Bible said that no man gave to him. And he would even got to the point that he would have filled his belly with, this, with a hush the swine did eat, maybe the corn. I don't know what it was. He even was so tempted to eat with the pigs. And then the Bible said he came to himself. We got down to that point. Number one, 
He had to come to himself. He came to himself. And when he came to himself, he found out, boy, it's better at home. In my father's house, there's bread to spare. In my father's house. You know what, young folks? You've never had it so good that, that, that you have it as long as you've got your feet under your mom and daddy's table. You think you're going to get out there and you're going to have it good on your own? Now, when you get married, you need to get out on your own. Everybody say amen. If you're big enough to get married, you're big enough to get on your own. I'm not throwing any stones. I'm telling you the truth. But if you want to get out on your own and live your own life and waste everything away and spend everything, uh, this boy got to the point. Everything's gone. Nothing. Nobody gave to him. He was in want. He was, I'm going to tell you what. John Singleton preached the message one time, and I've made reference many, many times, talking about sin. It'll take you further than you wanted to go. It'll keep you longer than you wanted to stay. It'll cost you more than you wanted to pay. You may start out with a little. You may start out with just one cigarette. Somebody said, come on, man, come on, be a man. Smoke it. Be a man. Inhale it. Well, you did. One time, my, uh, somebody gave me a chaw tobacco. I said, come on, be a man and take it. I did. After I got sick for so many, oh, Lord, never again did I want to swallow that juice. Come on, yeah, what, what are you preaching? I'm telling you, we're all human beings. And there's some in the nature of every human being to want to explore and do things and get out there when you're young and try, try this, try that. This is what the prodigal did. He wasted his life. He got to the poor boy, there's nothing to this. What a life is this? He said, in my father's house, I had a good bed to sleep on. I had food to eat. In my father's house, even the servants of my daddy are faring better than I am. Even the slaves are better off than I am. They had bread, and I'm perishing with hunger. So here's what he said. And this is the start going back. I'm talking about the great decision. He come to the point that he made a great decision. You'll never come to God without making a decision. I know some evangelists say make a decision for Christ and somebody so many come forward and shook a preacher's hand and said they made a decision for Christ. I'm not talking about just making a decision like that or joining the church. I'm talking about making a decision to come out of the pit, come out of the hog pen, go to the Father's house. Brother Todd, come out of the pit, go to the Father's house where the good things are happening. So the prodigal said, I'm going to go to my daddy and I'm not going to say, now, Daddy, if you'll get that self-righteous brother of mine out of the house, I'll come home. What do you mean by that? Because that brother wouldn't even call him his brother when he come home. He said, thy son has come. I'm getting ahead of myself. But anyhow, he said, I'm going to rise, and I'm going to go home. And I'm going to say something that everybody has to say if you're going to come to God. I'm going to say, Father, I have sinned. And I'm not worthy to be called thy son. I'm willing to be a hired servant. You'll never come to God if you don't confess your sins, if you don't confess your loss. You've got to confess I'm a lost person. I may not, you, you, if you look around and say, boy, I'm just as good as that one. 
Uh, that one over there, look at them. I, I'm, I'm living a better life than they're living. I'm better than they are. You'll never come to God by comparing yourself with other people or looking at the hypocrite. Somebody said, well, I don't want to go to church. That They've got hypocrites. Well, come on, there's always room for one more. They wouldn't be in church if they wasn't hypocrites. you got to get right with God. you got to come like the prodigal son and say, Father, I have sinned. I'm not worthy. I'm unworthy. I'll come to church if you'll put me on the platform, if you'll let me play guitar, if you'll let me sing, if you'll give me an office. Oh, come on, folks. When you come to God, you've got to come a broken sinner. I'm lost. I'm on my way to torment. i got to have you, Lord. I need you, Lord. He said, Father, I have sinned. I'm not worthy to be your son. I'll be a hard servant. What did the father do? The father saw him coming down the road, and the father was overwhelmed like you are when you see a child of yours come to the altar. Man, I'll tell you, you'll get right in there with them. Tears will run down your cheeks. You'll be so happy. And so this boy said, I'm going to go home, Daddy. And I'm going to say, Daddy, I'm sinning. And before he even hardly chanced to say it all, the father saw him coming down the road. The father was waiting for him. You talk about God loving you. Brother, Brother Nick was talking about the love of God. I'm going to tell you, friend, God loves you so much. Like this father loved his son. And when he saw him coming down the road, he ran at him, met him, and threw his arms around him. When the son began to say, Daddy, I messed up. I'm sinned. Will you take me home? I don't think he had time to even get it all out. The father said, Oh, son, I've been waiting for you every day since you left. I've been watching for you to come down the road. And oh, here you are. Yes, come on in, son. And immediately he went to the servants. He said, go out there and kill that fatted calf. That special occasion that we've been waiting on to have that feast has come. Go kill that fatted calf. Go get that best robe and put it on this boy. Put the ring on his hand, shoes on his feet. He's come out of the hog pen. Take that old smelly robe of sin off of him. Put on that robe of righteousness. Kill the fatted calf. My son was dead. He's alive. He was lost. He's found. Let's have a party. Let's rejoice. You'll never come to God in the right way and repent of your sins without having some rejoicing. Somebody said, I'm going to join the church and get saved. You're going to join the church and go to hell as quick as you would out in sin if you don't get born again of the water and the Spirit, the Almighty God, and obey the Word of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Pardon me, but don't pardon me, but I feel what I feel because God brought me out of that pit as well. I'm glad my boys didn't know it. I'm glad my wife didn't know it. She kind of gets a little upset when I mention it. But I'm going to tell you, Brother Todd and I both come out of a pit. He come out of a pit of drugs. I was not an alcoholic by no means, but I was just a, I guess you would say, a party drinker or a weekend drinker. And I remember it very well when God spoke to me. I left Henderson, and I don't even know how I got. I left the Y at Henderson. That was a beer joint that's not even there anymore. And I didn't know where, how I got to where I got to. But the next thing I remember coming to myself, lying on the, in the front seat 
My little 1955 blue and white two-door hardtop Oldsmobile. I can see it right now. It was yesterday, and it's been almost 59 years. And I was woke up not even knowing how I got from there to where I was at, within a quarter of a mile of the little country church where I was raised, Brown's Church, where Schoolhouse Road come into what used to be Life Road, maybe 200 now. And I was there, and I woke up. I come to myself, sober as a jug, and a voice said, look what a mess you're in. What are you doing in a mess like this? I even felt it. I even talked it. What are you doing in a mess like this? And from that point on, I didn't go that night and repent. But from that point on, something began to happen in my life. And when I give my heart to God, that's why, friend, I'm far away from alcohol. I'm far away from the bar stool. I'm far away from Joe's pool hall smoke. I'm far away from that when God comes into your heart and life. Somebody said, oh, preacher, that's old-fashioned preaching. Well, bless God, I'm an old-fashioned preacher. I believe in old-fashioned repentance. I believe in old-fashioned Holy Ghost. I believe in old-fashioned joy. I believe in old-fashioned born again. You want to come out of the pit, come to Jesus Christ. You want to come out of the pit, come to the Lord today in confession of your sins. Don't look around. Judgmental. Come, come, come. Oh, hallelujah. He said, Father, I've sinned. I want to come home. You know, sometimes we put that elderly son down a little too much. Now, I preach to the lost right now for a little while. I want to preach to the church just for a minute or two. So that elder boy, he was out in the field. Let's give him credit. He stayed home and worked while his younger brother went out and wasted all of his money. He stayed at home and worked. You know what? You might have felt a little bit like that elder brother. And here he comes home now. The prodigal comes out of the pit, wasted his money. Daddy gives him a party, kills the fatted calf, and uh, oh, music, dancing, shouting, going on. What is this? Well, your brother's come home, and your father has give a party for him, put a robe on him, fatted calf that we've been fat, he killed. And then he wouldn't even go in. Well, I'm not going to go to that church again because they praised that one that come out of the pit and they didn't recognize me. All right? So anyhow, he didn't come in. Daddy went out to him. He said, son, your brother's come home. He didn't call him his brother. He said, your son. And it is meet that we rejoice. It is great. But the Bible said in heaven there's more rejoicing on one sinner that cometh to repentance than 99 that need no repentance. So it was meetful that we rejoice. And he said, Daddy, now here's what I'm getting to you. Father, I have served you. And thank God he did. He, went in the, he was out in the field working. And he had to come in. Father, I've served you all these years. I've been faithful. I've been loyal. And he was. That's commendable. Thank God for you loyal people. Thank God for you faithful. Thank God for you that helped put in that offering last week and for our beautiful church and building fund. We raised, I think, $32,000 last week in that offering. Thank God that didn't come from teenagers, I don't suppose. It come from people that's worked and got some money. So thank God for you older folks. You got to have the older folks. They're the ones who got the money. 
But anyhow, don't look at me. But what are you saying? I honor you. I, I'm not putting you down. You're faithful. You're good. You're loyal. You've come. You've been here through the years. I, I, there's people in this church that's been with me for 48 years. All of my roughness, gruffness, and all of the rough edges that I had on me, some of you stuck me out for all these years. Thank God for you. Now we've got a bunch of new ones coming in. Thank God for you. And I thank God for the elder ones that was out in the field working and toiling and laboring, didn't waste his money. He was saved his money. And so he said, Daddy, you never did feel the fatted care for me. You never did give me a party that I could rejoice with my friends. He said, Oh, son, all that I have was thine. All you would have had to have done was ask for it, and you could have got it any time. So I'm telling you today, you may have been on a church pew for 50 years, but you may have been even longer than that. You may not have felt the joy that some of the younger ones feel. You may not have felt the presence of God in your life like some. But I'm going to tell you, as the father told his eldest son, it's been for you all time. All you had to do is ask, and it would have been there. You could have had the fatted calf. You could have had the joy. You could have had your friends. You just didn't ask. Oh, isn't that pitiful that he sat there all time and didn't even enjoy it? Somebody said, oh, I'm going to enjoy my religion. If you've got it, you're going to enjoy, enjoy it too. Amen. It is enjoyable. Lift your hands and praise God and shut your eyes while I get a drink. Thank you. Peggy, my wife, nothing wrong with me. I just got a little dry throat. What are you saying, preacher? Praise God. I am so happy that I have lived to see this day. I'm so happy that I've lived to see this day. All these young people coming in. All these young ones, these little ones, and the pray all the good things that's happening in this church. I'm glad I've got to see this beautiful building out here. Man, man, it's a good thing the Lord moved me out at pastoral role when he did, because you wouldn't have had one this pretty if I'd still been pastor. I would have cut them old-fashioned corners. But I, I look around, another <laughs> Nick, and I say, oh, we can't spend millions. I, 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 but when I walk through this church, I walk out in the foyer, I first said, why did we have to have all that stone? The original plan didn't call for that. I didn't, I didn't say that, did it? But when I walk through this building, I see the vestibule, the stone, and these lights around the stone up here, the stone columns out front, and I see the beauty of this church, and I just thank God for it. I can walk in here and feel the presence of God, knowing that God has given us this, and God will not take you anywhere that he won't supply the need for. If God brought us here, God's going to supply the need to pay this thing off. I know that, and I thank God for it. I am a priest. Somebody said we were okay in the old church. No, we were okay in the spirit, but we were outgrowing it. When we get all these others coming back that are afraid of COVID or whatever David says I call it, we get them all coming back in here. This building will be full before you know it, and we'll have to bring out more chairs, and we may have to talk Bob the Builder to come back and talk about uh, uh, that's something up front. 
Come on, friend, what are you saying all that for? I thank God that I've lived to see the young and the old. I'm glad I've seen the old-fashioned uh, uh, services where it take maybe five minutes to choose a hymn out of the hymn book. Got a song today. Got this. Well, there was not really any a whole lot of order to walk into a place where there's a lot of good order, but I would that we could bring some of that old-fashioned when the ladies started feeling it real good and got to praising God. I'm telling you, it wasn't a makeup or an artificial, and I'm not saying this is around here. It's not. But there was a power and the presence of God. They got those old farmers that were on the outside looking in the windows. No air conditioning. The windows was up, and they were out on the old truck fenders talking about farming while they brought their wives to church. And they were in there praising God, and the men was on the outside. But when they got to praising God and the power got to moving, and they got to giving them shouts, those men started looking in the windows, and it wasn't long till some of them started coming inside. And it wasn't long till some of them started coming to the altar, giving their heart to God. And I'm going to tell you, they was old-fashioned. We used to call the order mourner's bench, where they would rip their heart out before God. God, have mercy on me, a sinner like this prodigal son, and like I did when I come to God. Too many people nowadays come to God to want to bargain with God. Oh, I need you, Lord. My wife left me. I need you for her to come home. You need God whether she never comes home or not. My husband left me. I need God to bring him back. I'll go to church if he'll come. No, you need God because you need God. You need God because you must be born again. You don't bargain with God. God, if you'll do this, I'll do that. I'll live for you if you'll do this. You can't come to God that way. You don't bargain with God. You just come to God in an old-fashioned repentance. Oh, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Give me a few more minutes. Well, just give it. You know, I appreciate you going to take it anyway, preacher. That's what you're thinking. Praise God. Hallelujah. Moses, he chose, rather. And I'm going to tell you something else, folks. I know some things are hard. I know they tell me it's hard to give up cigarettes. And I'm not putting you down. I'm not doing that. I love you. But I'm going to tell you and anybody else that's got hang-ups, you're never really going to come and get it coldly taken care of until you come in totally dependence on God. Now, I appreciate rehab, and I appreciate counselors, and I appreciate all of that. And they are good for you to a point. But when it comes to total deliverance, it's got to be a choice. Come on. The great decision. It's got to be a choice. It's got to be a choice. You can choose to serve God or you can choose not to. You can make a decision when you really make a choice. That prodigal son, it was a great choice. I'm coming home. I'm going to say, Daddy, I messed up. I've sinned. I'm not even worthy. I, I, I don't deserve you, Lord. But, you know, if we come to God like that, you're going to find help. So whatever your hang-up is, I, I'm going to say it. I, I love you. But I see people come over and over and over again with the same old problem, the same old thing. And you see them coming. You know what it is. And, and you know, I, I, if I was a pastor now, I believe I'd be like Brother Tenney told him one time. A person kept coming and coming. He said, wait a minute. Did you do what I told you the last time? No, nope. but don't come back again until you do what I told you the last time. 
Well, what do we do, preacher, if I've got a hang-up? What do I do if I've got a habit I can't seem to break? Who told you you couldn't break it? Who told you that was a habit you couldn't break? I'm going to tell you one thing. There's not a habit. There's not an addiction. There is nothing by the help and the grace of Almighty God that you and God together can't break or God in you. you got to come with total confession, believe in God. By your grace, I can do it. By your help, I will make it. And you got to tell yourself that. you got to have that confession. You've got to have that decision. My choice is to serve God. My choice is to live for God. When I walked down the aisle that 59, about 59 years ago, it Finley, Tennessee, I had a pack of camels in my pocket, and I might have had some cans in the car. I don't know. I know I pulled up to a little old country store with, my, with Delana. I was babysitting them one day. She's just a little bitty girl, and beer cans rolled out of the car. Oh, preacher, you was a bad dude. Yeah, I was a bad dude. But I'm going to tell you one thing. By the help and the grace of God, I'm not that dude anymore. I love God. You couldn't tempt me with a can of beer. You couldn't blow smoke in my face and get me to smoke because when I walked down the aisle that night, I reached in the pocket, threw those camels away. I never went back and bought another half a pint to mix with Coke or vodka was with orange juice. I never did any of that. Some of you old folks know what I'm talking about. Some of these others don't. You know, don't go try it because you don't know. Okay. But anyhow, I, I threw it all down. You preacher, you're boasting. No, I'm not boasting because I argued with the devil all the way to the altar. When the devil said, you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it, and I had to turn around, and I didn't turn around, but in my own spirit, I said, devil, you may be right. Within myself, I can't, but by the help of my God, I can. I come to God in confession of my sins. I come to God in faith. I come to God believing that it would be done, and I never went back again. Was you not tempted again to smoke? No, I wasn't tempted, because I made a choice. I made a decision. My decision is to live for God. I weighed the cost before I did it. I knew what I was going to have to give up. Party days are over, but thank God I went into another party. God gave me a beautiful wife, beautiful young girl right out of high school, five sons, friends. I, I got more than I've ever had in my life. I've had more fun serving God than I ever had in sin. A Christian can't have fun. Don't tell me that. I have fun every day of my life. I'm, I made a choice. I made the decision. I'm going to be happy. I made the decision. I'm not going to be fearful or afraid or discouraged. I'm not going to be miserable. I'm going to be happy in the Lord. And pardon me if you don't like it when I tell you that. When somebody, how are you doing? Well, I am blessed. I'm doing. Well, come on now. Tell me the truth. How are you doing? You know, they, they want to pull something bad out of you. Maybe I do have a few left. Maybe, maybe my nose was a little. I was hoping I, it did get clear up before today. You know, when I fell on my face the other day at the courthouse on the sidewalk. And, I, you know, I, I'm all cleared up. You know, well, preacher, did you say hallelujah, praise God, thank you, Jesus, I fell? No. But I did say later, thank God, thank you, Jesus, it didn't break a bone. Amen. What, what are you talking about? You know what? 
Well, if you're a child of God, if you really live for God, if you really love God, that bad thing wouldn't happen to you. No bad. Don't go tell the Apostle Paul bad things don't happen to Christians. Don't go tell Peter and all the other apostles bad things. They would tell you, they that live godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer some persecutions. But thank God, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The power that I have, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God down on the inside. Who? The great decision. The great decision. He made that decision. He came out of the hog pen. He went to the Father, and the Father greeted him. The great decision. The brother, the brother, the elder brother. There was a sister in the Bible that reminded me of that elder brother. The elder brother said, Daddy, I've done all this. I've labored. I've toiled. And I was in the field. When you come home, you never give me... Again, I find it in Scripture. I'm talking about the great decision. Jesus went into the home of Lazarus. You know the story. Mary and Martha, the sisters. These are very familiar Scriptures. But today, somebody that's here, every message that Brother Todd, everyone he used, and the song, and what God's laid on my heart, is for somebody today. So anyhow, the, uh, Martha was busy cooking in the field like the elder son out there busy, busy, busy. You know what, folks? I appreciate all you folks that work around here. It's just hard for me to realize now that I don't have to follow up on everything. What do you mean by that? Go back to the church. I still got a pattern of going by the church. Make sure the lights are off. Make sure the commotes are not running through. Make sure everything's fine. When I walk in this church, Ain't a thing I have to do but just walk through. Everything's already taken care of. We got Nick around here all the time. What Pastor David doesn't do, he does. And uh, the old church, I, got, I still got the same thing over there. But I found out I got Brother Steve and Sister Bev taking care of all that now. But just by the way, sometimes I still find lights on in the basement. Be sure to turn them all off. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Why are you saying, preacher? But Martha, cumbered about, working, doing all this stuff, busy. She was resentful. Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus, hearing the word of God, letting that word penetrate her heart, soaking it up. Martha, busy. Jesus, don't you care? My sister, she ain't helping me. You know, I have seen people drop out with God because they had to do a lot of work around the church and nobody helping. I have, over the years, I've seen that. Everybody working, doing everything, and uh, they see others that wasn't pulling their end of the load, others that wasn't laboring. And they'd get so resentful, they quit church. Don't ever, ever let that happen to you. If you have to run the sweeper, if you have to vacuum the floor, if you have to clean the bathrooms, if you have to do everything that's done around you, don't you get resentful. You keep praising God that you're able to do it. But anyhow, she said, Master, don't you care? Mary's not helping. She's not carrying her end of the load. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, calm down. Didn't say it, but I would say it. You're, you're cumbered about and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary had chosen that good part that can't be taken away from her. Oh, hallelujah. 
I guess that got her. The good part is the Word of God. The good part is hearing what the Word says. The good part is making a choice, decision to live for God. Somebody said, well, if that one can't live it, nobody can live it, and I might as well give up. No, no. You can live for God if you make a choice to live for God. But you cannot even come to God without making a decision. I had other scriptures here today, but I'm not going to use those. I think you've got the message. You've got it from Brother Todd and the song. And there's somebody, there's two groups of people here today. And uh, I don't know, I'm not going to point my finger at anybody. But there are two groups, there are two spirits at work. Maybe not two groups, two spirits. One of those is to be a little critical of some not carrying their end of the load. And uh, while others are getting soaked in the Word, while there may be some lady in here praying in the Holy Ghost and feeling the Spirit of God and bringing souls to Jesus, somebody else out cleaning bathrooms. Say, whoa, why ain't they in here doing this? Folks, don't ever, ever get a disgruntled, fault-finding, judgmental spirit. It'll destroy you. Never let it happen. Always be joyful. Always be happy that you're able to do what you're doing. So anyhow, Martha, you're cumbered about, troubled about many things. One thing is needful. Mary has chosen that. She made a great choice. I choose the Word of God. I choose what you're saying, Master. I choose to hear. Would you singers come back, musician? I am, I am, I've already got it tied together. Amen. That's Pastor David. Brother Nath, I appreciate you very much. You others that were singing. I'll give you a little extra time here because I think I've already gone over my 10 minutes by about 20. And I, I, I really, maybe 25. I, I, I do. I, I appreciate. God, I love you folks. I, I love you folks. I got friends here today that love me. And they don't, they don't belong to this church. But they love me. You know, you don't join a church to be saved. You don't join a church to get salvation. You become a part of this church because you made a choice to serve God. Amen. 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 Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now speaking to somebody's heart. Church, would you just bow your heads? We've got just a few minutes left here that we would have time today. And I have a feeling I'm not going to ask for the mass people to come right now. But I just believe with all of my heart as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, your mind's on the Lord. There's somebody here today, if my message didn't touch you, Todd's did, or my wife and Wayne and, uh, and, and, and the song that was sung. But I want to tell you, you need to make that great decision today. You may say, I've tried, preacher. I've tried. Well, May I tell you that's your problem. You tried. You gotta not try. You gotta trust. You gotta believe. You gotta make a choice. You'll keep trying if you're just trying. Trying doesn't get it. Trust, faith in the Word of God. Quote in the Scripture I'm more than a conqueror through Him. Through grace, Paul said, O wretched man that I am. Who is going to deliver me from this great body of death? Then he answers it with the next chapter in the first verse. I thank my God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. In other words, I'm a wretched man. 
condemnation. Who's going to deliver me? Then he said, I thank my God through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ will set you free. If you will totally and completely make a choice, it's it. I don't see what the future will hold, but I'm going to trust my God with my life, my hang-ups, my problems, whatever bothers me. I'm trusting God. I'm bringing it to the Lord. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed and nobody looking, while they're singing softly. This has been kind of evangelistic today, and that's the way I felt it. If there's somebody, I don't say you're at the hog pen like the, like the prodigal was. I don't say you're out there where Brother Todd or I either one was or others that might be similar to that in this building. But I will tell you, wherever you're at, if you'll come to God, recognizing your need for God, and it confessing, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I need God. You say, preacher, but I belong to a church. That doesn't get it either. Well, preacher, I'm, I've even been baptized in this church. You baptized me years ago. We saw last Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock, a beautiful young lady, just a little girl in this church. When she was just an infant in the hospital, dying, doctors had given her up. Her mother walked the hall of that hospital, praising God, speaking in tongues. And so that little girl, over the years, had drifted away. But the online may be listening and looking today, and I appreciate her so much. Online had been listening to us. No doubt her mind went back, went back to years ago as a little girl in the church, old church, years ago, many years ago. Her mind went back, and she called, I want to be baptized, baptized in the beautiful name of the Lord, in that baptistry, praising God as the Holy Ghost was coming upon her, and praising God, loving God. Her mind went back, and God brought her back. God brought her back. Somebody said, Preacher, I'm going to get right with God, but I'm going to go join a church that don't require anything out of me. You might as well go join us a social club. It's not going to save you. You never join a church to get saved. You come to the Word of God and obey the Word of God. Confess your sins. I need saving. I'm a lost person. I've got to be born again. As they said to Peter, Joel 28 talked about, Joel 2.28 about, uh, Spirit being poured out on all flesh. But in the next verse, I meant to use this. He said, multitudes are the next chapter. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. The day of the Lord is at hand in the valley of decision. Folks, I'm going to tell you, we're closer to the day of the Lord than we've ever been. Get out of that valley of decision. Make a great choice today. Rise from your seat where you're at with nobody looking. Walk down here and bow. This is an altar all across the front. Bow your knee before God. If you're not able to bow, just bow your head over on the platform. Ask God to forgive you. God, I'm sorry. Maybe you're a backslider. Maybe you're a prodigal. Maybe you've been in the Father's house. Maybe you know you need to return. Father, I'm sorry. Forgive me. 
I promise you, as the Father met the Son with arms wrapped around Him, He'll meet you right here. Say, I've been waiting on you for a long time. Would you please obey that voice that's speaking to you right now? There is an inner voice speaking to you saying, well, I know I should. Folks, I'm going to tell you it's not 12 o'clock yet, but you don't need to look at the clock. You need to look at the fact it's later than you think. Is there anyone? Thank God for this, whoever. I'm going to make it a little easier on us. I am going to ask you, please, if you would, please respond, at least by stepping out just a little bit. If you're a child of 